0: What's up, Tashin?
1: What's up, what's up? What's going on? What's up, bro?
0: No, what's up, brother? We're, li- we're live right now. So nice. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, so this is the Failing Forward podcast. And uh, we just got a bunch of people re- last minute because I didn't have a guest. And I'm going to talk about that story in a second about why I don't have a guest. Um, so time for intro. Can you guys still hear me? yeah okay so one of the biggest reasons we decided to start this podcast was to share experiences and what we started to realize is that our experiences match a lot of other people's experiences but they're not always being talked about they're not always being brought to light they're not being shed in any direction other than i had this amazing success i did this amazing thing over here And we all forget about the struggle and the path that it takes to get to that amazing thing. So each one of us here has decided to do something really hard, really fun, really exciting, but it's a different route and a different path. But we have told you how we got to the point where we were actually making some, but we haven't told you where we have gotten to the point where we've, where we made some wins. Um, so tonight we are going to talk about those struggles and some of those wins because that's kind of the most important part. Um, so today I have to tell you um, one of my failures and failing forward and then we're going to kind of go around the room. So the, the topic that I wanted to talk about tonight is consistency. And funny enough, uh, so I've... I've recorded about six of these the last six weeks in a row. Um, and it's been pretty, you know, that's pretty consistent, you know, going six weeks in a row. And last, the last week or two, I've been thinking to myself like, man, why am I not gaining traction? Like what is going on? Why is this not working? And so I've started to tell myself like, Hmm, maybe I shouldn't do lives. Maybe I should just do podcasts or maybe I should like do it differently. And I have this friend at work. Um, and he actually told me he's going to, so today, all right, let me back up. So I've been telling him a lot, like, yeah, I do real estate and, um, yeah, I do these lives and I'm really on social media. And I told him that I do Tuesdays at eight o'clock PM. And I got the vibe that he was like, uh, that sounds cool. But he was kind of skeptical. And then today at work, he was like, Hey, so are you doing your live tonight? And I was like, nah, I think I'm gonna kind of shift a little bit. And he was like, what? You were telling me you're all hyped up about like this this awesome stuff that you're doing, but now you're not doing it. That that doesn't really sound like you're serious about it.
2: Right.
0: He told me this at like four o'clock, and I was like, crap, you know what? That guy's right. That guy's right. And if my friend is thinking to himself that I'm not being consistent, like what do all of my social media followers, th- what are all they going to think about me? If, mm-hmm. if I all of a sudden don't show up on a Tuesday night, cause I've been showing up every Tuesday night at eight o'clock. So, um, the, the reason why we're all here together is because I made this post and I was like, help me. I need some guests for my show tonight. And it was amazing. Like, I think, uh, if I look on the post, there's like 15 or 20 comments.
2: Yeah, there was um,
0: quite a few. Yeah. And you guys all showed up. <laughs> so yeah. this is just uh, this is just really awesome. So
2: For sure. None of us
0: really know each other at Hosway and I have kind of messaged each other a little bit on social media. I've been following his stuff and uh, he's got a YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but thanks. um we don't we've never talked. I heard his voice <laughs> yeah. just before this started, so uh maybe we could just go around and tell us like actually the big one is Tashin cuz he had a big win maybe we'll save Tashin for last last for the best but uh nice i i did i think that this sub two community is just amazing that Definitely. you can make a post and say hey help me and people are right there and they will they will help you so yep right do you guys want to just tell us like where you're from and why you joined Sub2? Yeah, sure. Um, I've, I could go first just to start it off, it's clockwise. Yeah. So um, my name is Josue,
3: Josue Huerta. Um, I'm from Orange County, California. I'm from Anaheim, actually. I'm on Christian Hernandez's Dispo team. I, I met him in April, April of tw- this month, this year, I'm sorry, 2023. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're, we're marketing to pre-foreclosures. We're actively looking for cash deals. We're just um, doing whatever we can do to help as many sub two students find buyers for their deals, lock up their deals, whatever has to happen. And that's, yeah, that's about it from me. Cool. What's and going in, on? Um,
0: Orange County. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
2: So I'll go. So I will go ahead and go. So my first name is Brock and my last name is Marcus. I'm from Illinois. Um, I'm currently lo- looking for pre, for closures. I'm looking for cash deals. I'm looking for everything like that around my area. Currently, as for wholesaling, I'm looking in the Carolinas market and the Florida market just, just because things look good out there. And also because I actually got connected with a cash buyer in that market from the sub two community, like within my first four days of joining, which I thought was pretty insane um you know that was one of the big things that i had a problem with you know cuz i feel like for me at least it's it's easy for me to talk to people it's easy for me to kind of not find leads but it's easy for me to talk to the leads i do have or do get but you know i was really concerned about actually finding funding or like maybe if i get a contract like who's going to buy this you know and like i said after 4 days um I made a post and I got connected with my friend Tevin who actually has a nice little business going and he actually funds deals and everything like that so we've been in contact but um I joined sub2 just because I wanted to get into real estate for a long time and I actually learned about it I like I just watched the free YouTube videos and stuff and then I just eventually I took the plunge into you know getting into sub two after hearing about it and everything and um yeah that's basically why i joined and everything
0: dude that's awesome and you're you're driving a truck right now that's what you do that's your regular job
2: yeah so right now i'm just at the loves i'm parked for the night but uh yeah i basically do this i'm on the road five (laughs) six days out of out of the week and i'm studying i'm learning i'm making calls on the road and then when I am home, fortunately, I am off on Mondays, so Mondays is my days to go down to the county clerk and see the foreclosure list and go door knock and maybe put signs up or what or whatever I have to do. So yeah,
0: cool, nice, cool man. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, thanks for coming. This this is fun. All right, I'm gonna switch the screen to to Sheen. No problem. Tasheen. So I guess. Tell, my, us, tell us about yourself.
1: So I guess it's my turn now. Um, Tasheen, 29 years old, um, two children of my own. My fiance has two children as well. Um, nice. I was born with cerebral palsy, uh, which is a physical disability. Um, many different variations of that um, and I was honestly blessed to have one of the mildest cases um, but it still presents its own you know physical challenges and you know some some sort of things that we tend to try to use as crutches um, when they're convenient right It doesn't matter when we want to go party you know how difficult it's going to be but it's like well shit it might be difficult for me to go door knock that property. Right, those those kind of, ish, those kind of things that everybody has in life, where it's like, well, this doesn't really matter when I'm with my friends and having a good time, but now because it's something I should be doing, um, I'm gonna try and you know lean on that crutch. Um, <clears throat> luckily, I've been you know breaking myself of that and, and just really um, putting myself out there and kind of being vulnerable. Um, and I've found other people are. Other people are more receptive to you when you're vulnerable because they appreciate the human element of the interaction of vulnerability Um, and just kind of being able to relate. Um, I joined Sub 2 because I was in a previous mentorship with a different mentor. Um, And I I had got some valuable information, um, but the mentorship had ended due to unforeseen circumstances. Um, And I really wanted to advance my career. I had been looking at different real estate strategies for about 18 months, um, and I developed what I call entrepreneurship ADHD, and other people call it um, shiny object syndrome. It, there's especially in real estate. There's so many different things that we can do that you tend to say like, "I can do all of these different things," and then all of these different things turn into kind of these different things, and you're still in the same boat six or eight months later.
0: Wow, dude, you just dropped some serious knowledge there. Um, I mean, so are you are you door knocking?
1: um I this this lead that I got was from a door knock. so I am currently um, going after pre foreclosures in my area I'm in Buffalo New York everybody will tell you not to invest in New York and everyone will tell you that you can't do creative financing in New York I'm here to tell you invest in New York just not New York City um, and you can do creative deals in the state of New York. Cause I have three attorneys that are willing to close creative deals in the state of New York.
2: Nice. Wow. Awesome.
0: Wow. Can you, can you tell us more like this? Just, well, first of all, good for you, man. Just identifying the, the excuses that you use. Um, and like your cerebral palsy, do you have a difficult time walking
1: um, so I use either a mobility scooter, um, crutches, or a walker to be able to walk. I can't walk unassisted, um, but if I'm holding on to say like a rallying or chairs or the wall, mama used to say when I was growing up, if the walls can hold up the house, they can hold you up too. Um, wow. So that's that and um you know as long as i have some sort of assistance i can maneuver but I, i'm definitely not running any
0: marathons just walking the marathons
1: Yeah, definitely very slow it'll be the the tortoise it'll be the turtle in the, in the hair <laughs> wow so you so you have um what were you using when you were door knocking when i door knock this property um They, I drove to the property on the mobility scooter. It's actually literally three blocks away from where I currently live in a rental property. Um, So I I called the seller numerous times, probably like 10 different times, sent like seven or eight different text messages. I knew that I had the right number for the seller um, because when I text them originally, I just text them as if we were friends and they kind of responded like, who is this? They didn't say like wrong number or anything like that so that kind of let me know that like okay you are who i'm looking for um and then once i kind of got into the spiel they just stopped responding um so Mm -hmm. calling and texting them didn't work um i door knocked the property once with a realtor a realtor had actually believe it or not i found the property going up for auction And then and this is why I will say just to back up a little bit, this is why I'll say relationships in the marketplace matter. Um, I found the property as it was going up for auction. I started doing my due diligence on the property. Um, And then I was walking a fix and flip property with the real with a realtor. And the realtor mentioned the pre foreclosure property that I was already trying to get in touch with the homeowner and he says, I tried to get that property under contract six months ago, subject to, I've got a mortgage statement and about 50 or 60 pictures along with videos, if you would like them. And he provided Um, me mortgage statement from February and pictures of the entire inside of the house. So before I even spoke with the homeowner, I already had a mortgage statement from February of 2023. I already had photos of the inside of his house. and I knew that he was facing foreclosure within 21 days.
2: That's awesome.
0: Nice. Wow. Brock and Josue, you guys can feel free to ask questions too. As we slowly unpack yeah. this story, because this is amazing.
2: For sure. So how did you know that the person was going through the foreclosure? Did you go to the records or...
1: So, <clears throat> believe it or not,
2: uh, this is a little
1: convoluted, um, but I was looking at, I was experiencing shiny object syndrome and I mm-hmm. was like, oh, I'm going to look at fix and flips because my buddy owns a construction company and I'm going to look at pre foreclosures. And while I'm at it, I'm going to look at for sale by owners too. Um, mm. Worst thing that you can do, I'd say, is continue to try to find multiple different leads or be distracted by something that could be a deal because it could be is going to take you take you away from a would be, um, you know, because you would have been working on this deal that you would have locked up with the knowledge that you had if you weren't over here chasing something that that could be a could be. Um, so. But during my shiny object syndrome, I was looking at for sale by owner on Zillow, and the property that I just locked up under contract today happened to be listed on Zillow, but for auction, not as for sale by owner. So gotcha. I then so I looked at Zillow, seeing that it was for auction. That brought me to auction.com. I looked at auction.com, then I went to Um, PropStream. PropStream was going to tell me who the property owner was and, you know, property details for those that I know we all understand what PropStream is, but, you know, our viewers may not understand what that is. Um, So PropStream just gives you some property details and owner details and gives you a whole boatload of information. It is a paid software. Um, That told me who the homeowner was. And then I went to my county records site and searched my homeowner's name. And that's when I seen the judgment of foreclosure and a previous uh, discharged bankruptcy. Um, So I knew that he had just got out of bankruptcy and that foreclosure process had started in March. And now he was less than 30 days away from the bank taking his home. Um, so it was either act now or let the lead slip through my hand. And to be honest, probably about six months ago, I had a different homeowner that was in the same position and I was too afraid to door knock the property. And now that homeowner has been foreclosed on and is no longer in that property. Um, and it's a bank owned property and something that I missed out on, um, where I could have helped not only him, but another family because my Exit strategy is nine times out of 10 as a lease option, where I bring in another family and allow them to have access to home ownership. Um, so I I was on a call with Michael Frankie and Caroline Kane. She was doing, they were doing the YouTube live that they do about pre-foreclosures. And we were talking mm-hmm. about the, the five different ways to stop pre-foreclosure and things of that nature. Um, Something had just told me, like, hey, take a drive by the seller's, you know, home. And I had already been, you know, I'd driven by a few times. I was, I was, you know, for lack of a better word, I was vigilantly trying to find the homeowner at home, <laughs> um, especially since we were so close. So I happened to go over there on the mobility scooter, and I see not only a vehicle in the driveway, but the front window open. And they have, like, the old school windows that, like, turn. So they don't open Mm. up and down, they open like outward. Um, Mm. so I'm like, okay, there's car in the driveway and the windows open. Somebody's definitely home. And at that moment, the the shit anxiety kicked in. It's like like now I have to door knock it, right? Like I know you're (laughs) home. I have to door knock it. Um I was just on a call with Caroline Kane and she had gave me a little constructive criticism, like, listen, you know, you got to be consistent, yada, yada, yada. So now it was, it was almost like being held accountable and almost trying to, in a sense, prove someone wrong just because we all know how that is. It's like, okay, Mm. now I really got to do it because somebody said something. Um, Right. So I simply scoot her up to the property um you know they had double railings i held on to the railing i walked up four or five steps uh leaned up against the house's railing next to the front door rung the doorbell nobody came knocked on the door they ended up come the homeowner came to the front door um and i simply said like you know hey um my name's tasheen collins i've seen that you're Home is scheduled to go to auction due to foreclosure on October twelfth at eleven a.m. And I just wanted to know if anybody had come by to, you know, help you with this or tell you of any, you know, options that you had available. Um, that's kind of what opened up the conversation, um, and we probably had about a half hour to forty-five minute conversation right there, um, and then we scheduled up a follow-up conversation for two days later which was, I want to say, Saturday. And then Saturday, we scheduled another follow-up um, appointment for yesterday. And then I seen the property owner yesterday. We talked about a few things. I got a, a, a updated mortgage statement from him. Um, and then today, we actually ended up locking up the, the property. And we got, Currently sending over a purchase and sale agreement to the lender to delay the auction thirty days. Wow! Is your plan to keep this one? Is so we are. I am keeping this one, and I am also JVing with another sub two student.
0: Cool. Nice. Wow! Um, I mean, awesome. It just seems like somebody could be like, "Oh, I have a disability." I can't do any, I can't make money door knocking, but there you are. Just literally just going up and door knocking. Like, I think that, that probably is more like a superpower. Like people are like, and and I will say that's, that's
1: one, the one thing that I was nervous about was the difficulty for me, but the, uh, the, on the human element side what i realized was if i go and knock on anyone's door if i come and knock on you know any of the three other people's door on this live, even if you didn't want to hear anything that i had to say because you can tell that i have some sort of physical challenge and you see the mobility scooter in eye line view you're probably going to give me an extra two minutes of your time to say whatever i wanted to say and even if you don't want to hear it you're probably going to be a little bit more polite um you know a little bit more polite about it than you would if it was just a regular person um simply because you want to be more um you know nicer to people that we see have challenges it's just kind of a human emotion
2: right I think. Yeah, for sure. And I
1: like the way you think, bro. You're super
2: strategic.
1: Like I like the
3: way yeah, you think, dude, no, that Somebody story is crazy.
2: Like, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, and just to give you a little give you guys a little bit, um, you know, to give you the juice on the deal, because I mean, who wants to hear about a deal and, and not hear about the juice, right? Yeah, um, right. Of course. <laughs> so the homeowner it, it's it's kind of crazy the homeowner the way that all of it unfolded uh taught me one lesson never to co-sign a loan for anybody because the homeowner ended up in foreclosure over co-signing a loan for somebody else who decided to stop paying less in a year after they co-signed the loan um so for everyone don't co-sign for people because it really is serious and i know when you yeah. grow up you know in the ghetto and you're poor and you think fuck it i'm just co-signing for a friend like what is it really going to do to me i'm telling you from a a learned experience of somebody else i just watched a homeowner lose their home after owning it for 14 years over co-signing a car for somebody else oh
2: my god yeah, that's terrible.
1: terrible um but the yeah let's, the juice so the homeowner co-signed for a vehicle that they stopped paying on the vehicle, that brought the homeowner into bankruptcy. Homeowner couldn't afford to pay the bankruptcy payments on the vehicle and pay his mortgage. Um, and it was COVID. So they had the mortgage moratorium. After all of that was over, now the homeowner owes over 35000 in arrears on a mortgage um, and is still working full time. They can't afford to pay $35,000 in arrears on a mortgage Um, a there was a situation where somebody offered them um, less than $3,000 for the property and they turned that away tried to pitch them subject to offered them less than 3,000 to walk away Um, mind you the house is worth about 215,000 they have a principal They have a principal balance of $56,000 at 3.1% interest rate. The mortgage has been there for 14 years, so it's principal heavy. Um, And their mortgage payment is $410 a month, about $410 a month, including principal interest taxes and insurance. Um, And then they have the close to $40,000 in arrears. So the total balance on the property right now is... A little bit less than ninety thousand, um, and that includes the total mortgage plus the arrears. Um, we are doing what a lot of people don't talk about um, is a partial claim, also referred to as a partial loan modification, oh, um, also known as a partial um, partial loan mod. And what that's going to do is that's going to keep the 3.1 interest rate for the 56,000. That's going to take the 30, we'll say 40,000. It's less than 40,000, but for numbers' number sake, well, it's going to take the 40,000 and put it on the back of the mortgage. And when you make that last mortgage payment in 16 years, you will then owe that 40,000 as a balloon payment to the lender. But for the whole sixteen years, that sits there as a second lien with a zero percent interest rate. Right.
3: No. Yeah.
2: Wow. That, that's
1: a good one.
3: No, that that's yeah. good. Yeah, you you structured it really well. I, um, Christian had just done that too. Christian Hernandez, I worked with him. He had told me that he got um his third zero down house. He got it in Texas. I'm in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, he paid the the seller to do a loan mod to do exactly that. Yeah,
1: you know, that's what that's what made it a deal. And we are giving the seller $5,000 um, at closing. And then we are giving them an additional 15000 spread out over five years in monthly payments at 0%. Yeah, you got creative.
3: Pace Morbi would be proud right now.
2: Yeah, dude, uh, that, is, that is a great deal, man. And you structured it very well. That's awesome.
1: So we're going to be walking into about a hundred thousand dollars in equity um and we are going to bring a lease option buyer we're going to start marketing for a lease option buyer at 10 percent, giving them the home at 200 and it'll be about two we're going to put some repairs in market it at about 229 which comps are showing that we could really be in the 300 range we're going to market it at about 230, allow them to come in with 10% down, and then they can um, rent for five years at about $1,600 a month uh, rental until they purchase the home in five years, and we'll grant them a five-year extension after the first five years if they choose.
0: Wow. That's a good deal for the buyer. Definitely. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. So what's your, what are you going to do now? Are you going to keep on going?
1: Um I mean yeah, I w- I want to I want to network with some other people. I want to learn from some other people. Um, I've only been in sub2 officially for 60 days. Um awesome. but again, but again I was in another creative mentorship for about 90 days, so all together I'd had about 5 months of creative knowledge. Um but uh, I'm in the Buffalo market. It's a 62% renter's market, and the average person cannot buy a home here unless they are don't live in Buffalo or they're a foreigner. Um, and, and that's you know no disrespect to anybody. It's just the facts. Um, over the last five to seven years, I've watched the Middle Eastern population literally buy up 60% of the city that I reside in. Wow. So um, again, people are saying and they're buying in cash. They don't know anything about creative. Every deal they do, they buy in cash. Um, So people are saying stay out of New York. I'm saying if you're going to look in New York, look in upstate New York or western New York, um, willing to be boots on the ground. And I want to make as many people as much money as possible because I believe in group economics. It does me no good for me to have a hundred thousand by myself, but if I have a tribe of twenty people that all have a hundred thousand, now we can make big things happen.
3: Hey Tussin, I know somebody with the cash deal in Buffalo, New York, right now. Like, what do you think about cash deals?
1: Um. I would have to bring in some private money lenders. I'm not at a cash deal point, my either private money lender or wholesale the deal, but yeah, I mean, we're,
3: we're trying to wholesale it. like i mean do you know any buyers out there in Buffalo, New York just because you have a better like full um,
1: I mean, I'll tell you I'll tell you even on public record in the county that I'm in, there's over thirty three thousand cash buyers in the city of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so. Wow.
1: It's not hard for us to, to find one. Um, okay. I just have to talk to some people. And then I have a buddy who runs about 30 realtors. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm really looking. Um, I'm kind of funneling my lease options to them because they're a team of 31 realtors and right. letting, letting them bring clients that don't qualify for traditional financing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care about your DTI. And I don't care that you got into it with your ex seven years ago and they didn't pay the, Seven thousand dollar utility bill. If you work for the union, you've got a down payment, and you can show steady income. I'm willing to give you a lease option. And if you violate the terms of the lease option, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah.
0: No. T- totally. No fear. Wow. No fear. Hey, maybe um, maybe you could Tashin, maybe you could explain what a lease option is to the audience. I kind I'm, of understand what it is, but I've never like gone through the process so it, it hasn't quite clicked in my brain
1: so essentially a lease option in the most and everybody else on the internet is probably going to be mad at me for saying this dude this know. is
0: where this is the place where you make other people angry that's
1: what i've said but, yep. but a, a lease option you are a, you are a glorified renter i apologize for all of my people that partake in options what happens is you're putting a down payment generally anywhere between 5 to 15% and it's actually an option fee, not a down payment. You are putting down because down payment is is something else and technically it's illegal to call it a down payment. But you're putting down an option fee between 5 and 15% of the purchase price and then you are renting the property for a period of time as a regular renter at renter rate. The fee that you put down locks in your homeowner price. So if I told you 229 and then in five years, the house now appreciated at 425, I can't turn around and sell it to you for 425. You're locked in at whatever rate we agreed on on your lease option, unless you break the terms of your lease option. So you're just, you're locking in your purchase price with a fee with with an option fee and then you have the ability to buy that property within a, a specified amount of time for that purchase price and if you buy it whatever fee you put down will be applied to the purchase price at the time of purchase mm-hmm. nice
2: okay. perfect
0: that's a good explanation and then so why do you why do you do lease options
1: I'm doing lease options simply because I want to increase the percentage of homeownership not only in my community, but all across the United States. If you look at United States statistical data, about 95% of the U.S. is renting property and only 5% of our population can afford to be a homeowner. It's time to bring up the poor class to the middle class and the middle class higher to the upper class and stop allowing larger um corporations and political agendas to oppress people regardless of their race sex gender or any other um affirmation that can be placed in that category
0: wow this is really like a deep deep thing for you this is not just like a financial thing this is like something you really care about, it sounds like. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean I want to bring financial freedom and financial independence to as many people as possible. Um and I want to turn people that are tenants into investors and educate people and very very similar to pace. I you know I want a community of of people to be able to work together and and effectively make change and as many times as people can tell you you can make a difference without money you can make a small difference without money you can make a big difference with a lot of money
0: true of
2: course
0: bro you need like a
1: youtube channel
2: dude
1: dude i'm gonna tell you like this i don't even have an instagram um there, there's so many things that like i need to do yeah. Um, but I'm I'm like, I need an integrator on my team. I'm the visionary. I'm not the one to be like, like, I can go find the deals. I can come up with all these crazy strategies. I can try and plug three different strategies into one strategy and make it work. Um, but I'm not the one for like, like maintaining all the stuff that needs to be. Uh, I, and I won't even say I'm not the one. I'm not the one yet. I need. To, I need to get better at those skills um, but I also would love to be able to delegate and work with you know somebody who's better at those skills so I can do what I do best and not have to worry about any of that. yeah of course And yeah. then I'm also a licensed insurance agent so we've talked about infinite banking and stuff as well This is actually somebody calling me um, about the deal that we were talking about.
0: Oh, do you need to answer it? You that's that sounds really important.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna answer this. Um, you I'll still stay on if you guys are gonna be on and then I'll jump back on in a second.
0: Yeah, I'll just mute you. All right, cool. Hello? You're you're muted now. Um does any that was like mind blowing, like that guy that was
2: dude, machine. that was awesome. Yeah, no, everything about that was insanely cool like that was just a really good everything i mean you know that's really like that's really something that you would like see on youtube like like that's a story like that's a deal that you would see somebody talk about and be like man that you know that sounds too good to be true you know what i mean like yeah it sounds like a real pace level deal and it's really cool that you know, I can really sense the genuine type of action behind it, you know, like, because I, you know, I feel the same way. Like, yeah, like, you know, we can all sit here and we can say those things. Cause like, yeah, it it's awesome. Like we want to make money. Everybody knows that. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, me and I know a lot of other people, you know, you really, truly actually want to help people like when i go and i look at that foreclosure list you know i see people that are could really be going through a tough time you know like in his experience you know somebody lost their whole house because they co-signed for somebody like that's that's terrible and you know for him to be able to go there potentially help his credit a little bit more because he already went through a bankruptcy so you know you know he definitely took a hit but, you know, for him to go in there, save them from the foreclosure, be able to give them a little bit of money now and then keep a little bit of cash flow coming every month, it's just, it's just awesome, you know? And right. you can just tell the genuine action behind that. And I really, really respect that. And I think that's why he got that deal. You know, I'm a big believer in like, the universe and everything, and like people get what they deserve and what they work for. And I think people that have that type of mindset are going to be the winners, you know, besides all the people that just care about the money. You know, that's what a lot of investors do. All they do is they care about the money, they reach out to you, and you can just tell automatically, like, they don't care about you at all. They just want your property, they want your money, or whatever the case is, right? And yeah, I know that that was really cool. I don't know if you guys yeah. can hear me but i'm back now yeah yeah we, we, we were just talking
0: you know. about how awesome you were yeah no seriously though i mean
1: you know it is what it is what i will say is like like i said you know somebody offered the guy three grand and he he literally told me he's like bro for that and it was actually less than that um but we'll just you know use that number for specific reasons um right but you know, the dude literally said like at that point, like, I'll just let that shit go to foreclosures. Like, I don't even, I don't even, yeah,
2: I mean,
3: (laughs) it's probably a cash deal. That was probably a cash deal.
2: And, you know, and, you know, that's exactly what I was saying when it comes down to you can really tell the people who like truly want to help to a certain degree and then people that just just care about, you know, getting the money or getting the property or getting whatever because, you know, for me as a person, it's just like to go to someone that you know is going through something like that, and then to offer them even that low for a house that is clearly worth way more than that—it's just like, to me, it's honestly just really like disrespectful to a certain degree. It's kind of like, really, dude. You know, like uh, you said, the owner was like, "I'd rather let it go to foreclosure," and I probably would too. I mean, at that point, yeah, real talk. It's and, like,
1: and it's and it's so crazy because I understand. What a foreclosure would do to your credit um and it's still like Mm -hmm. completely i agree like what 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 am i getting like three grand like dude you're talking about a house that has over a hundred thousand dollars in equity and if you don't (laughs) and if you don't look at the arrears if we're not looking at the arrears because they're not due for 16 years technically you're talking about 140 150 thousand in equity and you're gonna offer somebody three grand um and you know i had people tell me because you know i had told somebody i said i'm gonna offer him because the seller wouldn't to be honest the seller wouldn't give me a number um he just kept saying like i want to get you know the most out of it that i can but i you know i also want you guys to be able to make money and i just don't want like a super low ball, crappy offer Right. Um, and th- immediately when the seller told me that he had been, you know, offered um you know less than two grand, um, in my head, I was like, I want to be able to at least, you know, 10x the offer that um right. He didn't. Um and you know, I had some people tell me like, oh, you know, when I told them like yeah, I'm gonna offer them, you know, between twenty and thirty thousand, they're like, Oh, you need to negotiate them down and this, that, and the third um and i was just like you know no i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna offer him between 20 to thirty i i'll offer it to him you know over time and because it's over time it's you know it's not really a big deal the property will appreciate it'll be cash flowing and we don't have to worry about toilets and tenants because we're putting a homeowner in there um so and we'll still be able to utilize the equity so we'll have a cash flowing property and still have equity because it's a lease option. We still own the deed to that property, so that means that hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty thousand dollars in equity. Now, me and my partner get to tap into that. By either doing a HELOC, which doesn't require a cash out refi to change our beautiful interest rate in today's society, or we simply bring the deal to a private money lender and we collateralize the equity that's in the property and use a private money lender, and we don't even have to go to a bank to pull out 120 thousand in equity, which then may allow me to do the cash deal that my buddy was just talking about. Because right now I don't have 120 grand, but if I did. I'd be in a totally different boat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's gone. I but the,
3: also because you you were buying it, you were the end buyer, you were <laughs> able to structure it however you wanted, like whatever best fit you. You know, so I think that was really cool. I think that was super like a like a good play, you know, that, you ran a good play there. I've I've been in that situation though, just because we market to pre-foreclosures in Georgia, in Atlanta, and a lot of people, some they're they kind Because foreclosure happens for two reasons, either something unforeseen, like it wasn't your fault, somebody screwed you over, something happened that really messed with your financial financial situation at the moment, and now like the world is falling on, on top of you, or it's financial irresponsibility, like that's really the two things that lead to foreclosure, and so the majority of the homeowners that we we're calling, that we we're talking to, they got themselves into this situation, and the more you talk to them, you realize why, you know, so there is people that we, it's not a lowball offer because our arrears are too high, sub 2 doesn't work, like we're not going to be able to find a buyer. This is already like exceeding the 10% entry and cash would be best because you at least walk away with something, right? And so there is times where we have had to give lowball offers to these sellers. And it's not because we're just trying to get the most out of it for us. A lot of the time, we really want to help the seller. And so we're not even trying to make a fat assignment on this. Like, we're not even going to make much money on this seller. This is the most we can give you. And they're like, no, you know, I know what I have. And they lose it. They lose it. They lose the house. Foreclosure goes on the record. Their credit's destroyed. You know, like they do it to themselves because they feel disrespected. But really, they could have walked away in a way better spot than what they walked away with at the end of it all. You know, like some people really do lose themselves to their emotions and they just give in and they could have walked away with money. So that's been some of my experiences as well. So it's interesting hearing you. That's like the other side of the coin, you know, that it's it's not about disrespecting the seller.
1: Yeah, no. And I mean, the, the seller told me, he's like, listen, I understand that, like, you know, the bank is going to take my house and then I'm going to get nothing and I'm not going to have anywhere to live and they're just going to go ahead and sell the property to somebody else and try and do the same thing to somebody else Um, you know so it's just kind of and mind you like I said this is my this was my first time ever door-knocking a property and this was my first time actually being able to be face it face to face direct to seller And I was able to get the deal locked up simply because, you know, I was I was really there to genuinely help him stop the auction first. That was my primary Mm -hmm. goal was. And I even told him, I said, listen, you can go with you can sign a deal. I want to make sure that you're you're good. So, you know, for my own peace of mind to the point where you can sign a deal with somebody else or, you know, somebody else present you a contract and before you sign the contract send it over to me and i'll have it vetted by my sub two team to make sure that there's no trickery within the contract and even if we wouldn't have been able to close the deal i would have been able i would have been willing to have one of our you know tcs or one of our team members um Review the contract just to make sure that the seller actually knew what he was getting himself into. Uh, and he specifically said, like, everybody else just wanted to throw money at me. Nobody actually wanted to solve my problem or even mm-hmm. figure out what my problem was. And now, because we took the time to get to know the seller, not only are we stopping a foreclosure. Um, and it'll be my, I, I know how to stop the foreclosure, but it'll be my first time physically stopping somebody's foreclosure. Um, he's not going to have a foreclosure on his credit. He's still going to have all the the positive payment history on his credit, so it's going to build up his credit. He's not going to lose the credit age by having an investor that says we'll just come in and pay the total loan off. And now the loans paid off and you have an installment loan that closes out, which actually decreases your credit score because you lose an account and lose the credit age. And in twelve months we're going to be able to take about 70% of the total mortgage balance off of his DTI because we're going to use a servicing company.
0: Whoa. I, I had no idea. So you're saying if somebody is in pre foreclosure and a cash buyer comes in and just takes just wipes out that mortgage, that will make their credit score worse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Yep. So it necessarily, I'm going to take this call, but I just wanted to at least answer that. Um, So what happens is it's just like a, it's just like when you buy a car, when you're paying on the car, you're getting positive payment history. But once you pay off the car, for one month, your 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 credit score will go up because your DTI or your debt to income shrinks. But then after that, you no longer have that positive payment history from yep. the vehicle. So unless you replace that account with another account, you're going to actually decrease your credit score because now you don't have that positive history and you lose all the credit age. So he would have lost 14 years of credit age and the account would have been closed down this way, now he's going to get 16 years or, well, because we're doing a lease option, he'll get a minimum of at least the next five years of positive payments before the mortgage is is paid off, which will put him in a better place to be able to be a homeowner again in the next five years if he chooses
0: to. Wow. Tashin, I know you got to go. Next time you do another deal, can you come back on the show and tell us about your next deal?
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely down with that
2: for sure
0: and, um
1: so and let's um you know how to get in get in touch with me so let's definitely um let's definitely do this again let's exchange contact information everybody and stay in contact
2: definitely for sure yeah. man i'm gonna reach out to you you,
1: you say right. you
3: don't have an instagram though right Tashin?
1: you don't got Instagram? Nah, but i'm i'm on sub too i'm on facebook it's my regular name touching okay. uh um, He's got my my Facebook too, so he can screenshot it and send it to you guys. Definitely send me an email.
2: Cool.
0: Definitely. Cool man. Cool. All right. Well, this is this is why I like doing these podcasts because people come on and they just blow my mind like this. Like, I just yeah. can't even. I don't even know what else to say after.
2: That was just, like
0: just said that. that
2: Dude, that was like, should be on Pace's channel tomorrow, type <laughs> caliber. Like, that was pretty cool. That was <laughs> that was definitely awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Badass. Guy with, and I kept on saying disability, which is not the word you're supposed to use. He kept on saying challenge. Yeah. Guy mm-hmm. with challenge turns challenge into a superpower, just made like $100,000 in equity on his first door.
2: Which is insanely awesome. Like, there, is, I have so much respect for him just from, you know, and I've never met him. You know what I mean? Like, just from hearing him for that good little 20 or 30 minutes or whatever, just massive, massive respect. And it just goes to show that, you know, you can do this. You know, if anybody's ever watching this, because I know that's what happened with me. I didn't start as early as, as early as I wanted to. Just because I was like, I was worried to make phone calls, I was worried to door knock or whatever. And now I'm to the point where it's like, man, if I got you as a lead, I'm calling you. Yeah. Like, like, man, if I see the sign on, like, in your um yard that says "For Sale by Owner" or whatever, I'm gonna call you, or I'm gonna go up to your door and I'm gonna see what's up. So that's definitely awesome.
3: That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, definitely, man. That's true. I remember, um, I. I asked Richard Knowles. I asked Richard Knowles for a, a list of pre-foreclosures here in Orange County. Like so he sent me a list. I should have been like, I should I don't I don't even know because it's California, man. That's why we work in Texas and Georgia, because all yeah. of the auctions are the first Tuesday of the month. So everybody's on the same schedule. You pull a list, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know what other states are like that. I really I can't, it's not off the top of my head, I don't know. But the majority of states, if you pull a pre-foreclosure list, everybody on there has a different auction date so yeah you're, you're like really playing with a lot of people at a different stages of motivation each person on that list so if, if you know if your goal is to be as most efficient as possible i would pick the states where everybody's on the same schedule so you're gonna get somebody because everybody's auction is tomorrow so everybody's really feeling it today the pressure everybody else and in other states you know they're they're all over the place but here in orange county california i was door knocking i went to santa Ana though because I had I was really targeting Garden Grove, Anaheim, and Santa Ana, but I went to Santa Ana because it's more Hispanic. That's a really that's a whole Hispanic city, and so I was like, okay, I need to start somewhere because I'm not making calls because I'm just I'm scared to not be good at it. That's really what it was. Yeah, and it's tough, you know, because a lot of things you're not going to be good at them in life, and it, nobody tells you. It's because it seems so obvious, you know. But sometimes you still need somebody to tell you that you're not supposed to be good at this from the beginning. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to. So. It's good. It's okay to be bad. Like it's like people are ex- almost expecting you to be bad because that's what is expected. It's not something to be embarrassed about. It's not something to shy away from. And so I told myself I was like, I need to do something. Like I need to let my nuts hang. I was literally thinking like this. And so I was, I'm gonna go door knock. I'm I i do not even know anything about pre foreclosures. I really you said you to let your thing. nuts
0: your nuts hang out.
3: Yeah, I gotta let them <laughs> I gotta let <laughs> them gotta hang out. I was like, man, I got to do something. And I really didn't know anything, man. Like, I was just watching the Josh Norbert Zooms and the Zoom library. And I would take notes here and there. I was like, okay, so you can do this. And then you can do this. You can do this. Okay. I'm going to go for it. And so I went and I just started door knocking. Like, I went on some um, website on Google and I pinned all of, I just wrote wrote in all of the addresses, like stops. And so it told me the most efficient way to get through all of them. And I was like, okay, okay. this is what I'm going to do. And so I got on there and I just started door knocking. I just started door knocking people and I would, I would, um, if I, I knew that there were Hispanic people just from the name, you know? And so I was like, all right, I'm going to talk to them in Spanish. This was my plan. I was like, cause I can't, so I went and I just, I bought like some clothes at Marshall's and not like some dress clothes and, mm-hmm. and some slacks. And I went and I knocked them and I looked, I looked like I worked at a bank, you know? And one thing that I learned that is kind of like, uh, I don't even know the right word. It's not, it's not the best thing, but, Like a lot of older Mexican people, they saw me dressed as like what I like a banker, and I'm over here talking about their house. I'm asking about their mortgage, this like that, and in their head they start using like they start calling me usted, and in Spanish that's like you would you would talk to your grandpa that way. You wouldn't talk to your friend that way. Like that's a like you're you're recognizing like that they're up here and you're right here. You know you're like they're and these are people like they own this house you know and they're over here putting me above them asking me like what could you do or like what would you do like what's the best thing you think I should do and I'm like dude like they're really like they're they believe it you know they they see me and they believe it and the reason I say that this because it can like if you're a manipulative person this is like the perfect thing for you to come in and play them because I talked to this guy in Santa Ana I'm not even gonna say his name but he told me that he had a friend in real estate And his friend told him, stop paying your mortgage directly. Write cashier checks out to me, and I'll go pay your mortgage. And he fell for it because he had a friend in real estate, like some guy in a suit, basically. That's where he told him this. And so he's like, okay, and he did it. And then like six months later, he gets a call. I don't remember how, how many months later he gets a call and he's telling they're telling him that they haven't got a payment from him in this long, that they're <laughs> scheduling wow. a proposed sale for this day. Oh my gosh! And, oh, and so he, yeah, and so like I was talking to this guy, and he was he his, his eyes were like up here. Like I could tell that he's talking to me, but his mind is like somewhere else. Like this guy was like, you know, he was doing his own thing, he, he was going through his own thing, and I told him, I was like, Look, man. I don't know. I don't really don't know like your whole situation. I can't give you the best advice, but I have a team that I work with, you know, like, do, do you think we could get on a call at some point? And he was telling me that he already had like a loan mod process on the way, but COVID had stopped it. So he had to restart over. He already had somebody helping him and I would call him. I would call him after this and he just stopped replying to me. He didn't want to talk to me anymore. He actually called me like a month later asking me if he, I knew a real estate agent that could help his sister buy, buy a house or something like this. and, I stopped following up with him. I really did because this was like months ago. This is like um maybe like in March, like in March of this year. I wasn't wow. even really taking action like that. Like I was not being consistent, I was just mm-hmm. doing it so I could feel like I did something. You know, that's really what I was doing. And so yeah. I didn't stay consistent. I felt good, like, I was like, all right, door knocked, like no deals, but I did it. Like that's how I was thinking, I did it. And so that was enough for me at the time. And then then I found out that I was gonna have a kid, and so that changed everything. I was like, "Oh, yo, no, all right, I gotta really gotta start doing things now," you know. And right. So, and so that like that happened in March, and so April, April's where I was like, "Okay, I need to do something, dude," because it's, whoa, you know. And so my friend Manny Jimenez, shout out Manny, he's who actually got me into. He he invited me to some growth summit meetup in Arizona with with Pace Morby, Jamil, Brent Daniels. You know, a bunch of other people too. Tom Crow, that guy's pretty cool. I, I found out about him at there at that, that seminar. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, and so I we were gonna go, we were gonna road trip it there. One of our friends was driving. We're all in Ar- Orange County, California, right? So we're gonna drive to Arizona. We we're gonna go in Gilbert, it's in Gilbert. And the day of that we're supposed to leave, one guy backs out, and Manny invites Christian Hernandez because they knew each other. And Christian Hernandez says, yeah, I'll go, because it was a, like they already had the paid ticket for him. So he just had to show up. The Airbnb was paid, too. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll go. And so I met him there. I met him there that morning. I didn't even know he was going to go. Christian just shows up, and he's like, hey, what's up, man? And so I said, what's up? And I'm just thinking, all right, this guy's here. I need to find a way to click with this guy. Like, I need to, I don't even know. And so I thought, like I'm, and I remembered like all my door knocking stories because I just had like a whole bunch of door knocking stories. And so I tell him, like, hey, bro, I've actually been door knocking pre foreclosures. I know that's your thing. And I told him like my stories, and he says like that he hears that stuff all the time. Like that's very common. Do people get taken advantage of all day, you know? And it's just because somebody in a suit showed up. And so I see like so much in Mexicans, like the Hispanic community. And I'm like, damn, man, like this is unfortunate because somebody that's good at talking can come and just like take everything from you because you were wow. you were like wanting to believe that people are good, you know, and most of the time people are not good. Yeah,
2: and so wow. that that's
3: really like where we come from, where I see that. And my parents lost their house in 2008 because like the whole adjustable rate mortgage thing. So like foreclosures for me, I totally understand wanting to help these sellers. And mm-hmm. I learned a new, I learned something new, like calling all these pre foreclosures. I realized that people, like they people are sometimes really so focused on in the day-to-day life that they lose touch with reality. And I, I say that in the sense that these people, they're like everybody thinks that they're like the center of the world. That's one thing that I've really noticed. And I, I say that in the sense that you call them and they have like a whole bunch of problems going on, right? Because they're in facing foreclosure most of the time like they have a bunch of issues at home like within their own family they, they hate their job they like they're in a bad place right they're not in the happiest place within their own head and so you call them and they're so easy easily like quickly turn you away because they don't know how they don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care Right. And so mm. yeah, you have to, yeah. you you have to really like be patient with these people, man, because I've I've had it happen to me where people are just like so quickly like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to work with you. And then later they like <laughs> call you back and they're like, hey, man, you know what? Like, I don't, what what do you think we could do? We're, like, this is my situation, this and this. And the reason they call me back is because I do what, like what Tashin had said that you come with like wanting to help, you know, wanting to help. That's really exactly. like, the first thing we kind of put out there. And in cold calls, what I've been doing I, I was doing this and Christian Hernandez tweaked it for me. But what I was saying originally is I was just calling people and I was telling them, like, hey, man, hey, seller, I'm I'm calling about 123 Main Street. I know you don't want to sell it. I just want you to know you have options. And I'll just pause and they'll hang up or they'll play ball. They'll be like, what are my options? And once they get once they get that right, they want to play ball. I'll tell them, well, I mean, before I can give you your options, I would know, need to know a little bit more about your situation. Or else, I'm just guessing and I'm not going to waste your time. And so I, that's when I'll get the info that I want. I'll find out how much they own arrears. I'll find out how much is left on their principal mortgage. And I'll find out what they've done so far to stop their foreclosure. And the reason I look for the third thing, why what they've done so far, is because that's going to help you scorch the earth when you're talking to them. Because you're going to have to talk to them. And you're going to be like, all right, man, so why don't you just list it? And then I can't list it because I don't have money, I don't have time, I don't have this, this. Oh, I see. I mean, why haven't you have you asked any of your friends, maybe family members to help you pay back their arrears so you can stay in your house? Oh yeah, man. I don't really talk to my family. I don't talk to my friends. I don't do this. I don't do that. Oh, I see, oh, bro. Why haven't you applied for a loan, loan? Have you called the state? Your state, you know, there's people that can help you. The government will help you, man. Like, have you? Why haven't you tried that? And they're like, oh no, I did, but this and this and this. Like, they're literally telling you how all of these options don't work. So what's left? Like me. You know, okay i totally understand man listen um well i'm running numbers you know this and that and that's where you like you get into the numbers part of the conversation but it's really it's about like getting them hooked you know you have to be very upfront from the beginning why should i even keep talking to you because that's your mind and that that's what i was doing and it was sort of working but christian tweaked it because he was telling me like honestly man people need to know right away like, what, why are you on this call? Like, it's like an email. When you send an email, you have like the subject says everything, and the first sentence will be, like, this email is about this. You know, it's about being clear, cut, concise. Nobody wants to hear you on the phone. Nobody's trying to talk on the phone.
0: And it's true. Right. But that, so, so you tell them at the very beginning, like, hey, I'm trying to buy your house. No, I, w- I won't say that. You can't. <laughs> it's really just about
3: like, because uh, understand this, man. Like, you can say something and one person gets mad and one person doesn't like who's right yeah you know so what you put out there right. it doesn't really matter how they react because they're not they're not deciding if I'm right or if I'm wrong because the same line it's like when you're talking to a girl man one line can work with one and it won't work with another one <laughs> it's like you know that's really just them yeah. how they
0: perceive it yeah so exactly like you said, you're, you're, yeah. You're yeah, yeah
3: when you're cold calling you're really free man to say whatever you want like a lot of people mm-hmm. get what do i say what do i say you're free yep. to say anything you really are it's a lot of this. It's a lot of overthinking, man. That's really what I've learned in my like. As I start making calls, because I wasn't making calls, like I said, I was scared to be bad at it. Wow.
0: But yeah. Well, it's about it's about bedtime. Yeah. I try, I try to <laughs> keep, sure. I try to keep these down to one hour, but um, man, thanks everybody for for just making this work for me. I've I've benefited yeah. a lot. Uh, and yeah, definitely. Josue. Um, Am I saying your name right, hostway Yeah,
3: yeah, you are, Landon. I appreciate that because most people can't.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you all <habla espanol>. speak Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I would, I would love to work with you guys at some point. You know, I don't, I don't know For if sure. in your leads. That's what something I wanted to talk to everybody, even to seeing everybody. But, um, I, like I said, me and Christian we're actively looking through the sub two community to help anybody with a cash deal. Anybody that has a cash deal, like, re, you can reach out to me. Because um, he has a lot of people reaching out to him. Like, he's on the phone all day. So like, if he doesn't respond right. to you, don't think he's ignoring you guys. Like, he's really not ignoring anybody. He answers messages and all that. But he, um you can reach out to me, you know, and, and if you need help running numbers on a deal, you need help closing the deal, I can just put Christian on the phone. You know, I'll give it to him. I'll be like, hey, bro, this person needs help. You know, like, I'll help, I'll help anybody and I'll help everybody. Like, whoever needs help, I'm here to help because I have, like, Christian right here that I'm like, how do I, I need to share the wealth. So, like you know me, you know him, you know, like I'll put yeah, for later. sure. And so, yeah, anybody that has any cash deals or foreclosure leads, you know, we are always open to help, you know. Ask whoever you want for help. I'm not saying come to me yeah. only, but we're here, we're just keep us in your back pocket, we're here to help whoever needs it.
2: For sure, I have
0: man. I have some buyers in Atlanta. Atlanta, really? Okay. Um, we have are looking looking to buy, so I have what's, a cash what's deal in- right we're going to, we're going to end the podcast. Okay. And we'll just, um, we'll do the offline talk. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Afterwards. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, looks like Andres or, or has left some comments. I can't see. He says, him, uh, he yeah, great video guys. Let's go. You All guys right, are giving me motivation. So let's connect yes, with, sir. uh, Andres Adonez. Yeah. And there's bro. some random person, Jesse Salco that, uh, left a comment as well this on, on youtube go. these comments are on youtube yeah I'll, I'll post it
2: awesome man
0: but uh there it's up on the screen
2: yeah <laughs> I, see. It thanks,
0: Andres. I think i have him on instagram so next week i have a guest um mike davis and he helped me sell my car sub two and nice. basically i was going to lose about seven thousand dollars to a car dealer and he sell, helped me sell it and i basically put three thousand dollars in my pocket and somebody took over my loan so that was awesome and he's oh. rolling out this big thing that he's been posting about uh where he's going to help he has a website he's going to go big on how to sell cars sell, sub two and it's he's got ben st clair or sorry, Sean Saint Clair helping him wow. do all the documents. He's rolling out a big thing, so he's on the show next week. That's awesome. That's dude. awesome. Mike Davis is a beast. I see him often in the sub two yeah. group.
3: Like, yeah, he's the car sub two car guy. In my Mike head, I'll he
2: definitely be watching car. that man. Mike Davis. I'll be watching yep. that one.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Have a good night. Yeah. We'll see you later. Good night, guys. In the
2: Stream. You guys stay on. Bye.